Hi everybody, uh, welcome back to Time with the Risk Taker. This is season one, episode seven. There's so much happening in the world right now with all the Delta variant and everything that's happening because of COVID. So many new rules and regulations, so many new um, tax and credits going on that the government is giving for businesses. So there's so much to cover. So we're bringing in special forces all the way from the Sunshine State, our great friend Summer, She's part of our team and she has so much to offer in terms of the COBRA um, subsidies and compliance to discuss about um, what you should know and you should all be in the know as a business owner and doing some risk management because it's good to be aware and it's important to be aware. Otherwise, you can sometimes find yourself not doing the right moves and uh, time with the risk taker is made to make sure to raise awareness that while you're doing some risk taking, you're doing the most successful and best moves possible. Summer, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining. Doing well, thank you. How are you? Great. Um, first of all, give us a little background about yourself, introduce yourself to the audience, and we'll right away go to the most important questions of the day about this uh, COBRA subsidies and compliance. So I'm Summer Westerber. Um, I have worked in employee benefits since 2004. I have an agency in Colorado, South Florida, now with you in New York. Um, also multiple other states, uh, Oklahoma, Illinois. Um, yeah, so uh, that's what I do. I do employee benefits for businesses, help them with their health insurance, medical, dental, vision, disability, all of that. Definitely, I can say for I can say a lot about Summer's work. She helped a lot of our clients and as well worked with us together on cases. Um, she opened up a branch here in New York now, which she did, she did together with us, and we're helping companies, businesses all across together with Summer on the benefit side. Um, my question is about this uh, Cobra subsidies and the uh, American Rescue Plan, um, the, the American First Act. Tell us more about that and what this does for the American economy. So the Biden administration passed the American Rescue Plan Act on March 11, 2021 to address the ongoing um, economic impacts of COVID-19. Uh, it provides a 100% COBRA subsidy of the employee um, if their work was reduced due to either termination or, and it has to be involuntary. So these aren't like employees who quit. These are, you know, employees who are directly impacted by the pandemic. Um, these are also for large groups. So this would be in New York, this would be groups over 20, um, groups under 20 would be on state continuation. And so those groups were handled a little bit differently in that um, basically the way that this worked is if you were a group with fewer than 20 employees, the insurance company like H Carrier handled it differently, but Oxford, for example, which has 85% of the business in small group market in New York, um, they just went to the uh, government for the subsidy. So they just removed the COBRA employees from the bill. The business never had to pay them. But with groups of you know more than 20 employees, those were you know continued to show up on the bill. The employees show up on the bill. The employer had to pay it, and then when they file their wage and quarterly taxes. The, then they were to receive a tax credit at each quarter. So that's the way that this is done. I get it. So this is the way the structure is. 
And when did they release this um, new act? Um, how long ago did they release this? So this was in March, um, but it's actually due to expire on October 1st. So, you know, this the is what I wanted this- to say. Exactly. That's what I wanted to say. It's we need to. The reason we wanna we we rush to make this episode is because we wanna make people aware that this program is about to end soon, and people should know. Companies should know that this is ending. So talk about about the timeline and and when it's ending, and what's the process from beginning to end on average application. Sure. So the subsidies end on September thirtieth. So this means that you know. Um, Basically, right now, employers need to be thinking about COBRA notification, right? So, um, you know, most groups with more than 20 employees hopefully have a third-party administrator handling this. Um, This is where your, you know, compliance package comes in. So um, a compliance package like this usually runs about $1,200 a year. If you don't have one, this is definitely the time to make sure you have one because, you know, I think what we're going to see the government has to get this money back, right? So I think we're going to see the IRS, the Division of Insurance auditing to make sure that everyone was in compliance with this. So, you know, this week, business owners should be thinking about, are we getting our compliance, COBRA compliance paperwork out to employees? You have to notify them um, that now they'll be responsible for the full premium. So another problem that I think is going to happen with this is employees who do not want to continue coverage, but the employer doesn't know the employer is going to be responsible for that bill. So they're going to need to make sure that they terminate all of these employees. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. And what type of companies, what's the ideal size company size that's eligible for this uh, compliance and credit? Who is the ideal company size that Cobra um, is even related to like regarding Cobra? So the Cobra, I mean, this applies to the, you know, 20 plus in New York. This is, varies by state. Um, but this did also apply to the smaller groups, the subsidies, it was just done differently. So there's a little bit less on the employer as far as, you know, compliance issues, but groups with, you know, 20 or more employees should be concerned about compliance right now. Wow. So basically this is a federal rule or this is a state by state difference. So, so federal and state will crash lines in certain states on it. Right. Wow. But, you know, where you need to stay compliant and, and what these compliance packages do, they keep you compliant with the ACA reporting forms, right? There are uh, penalties for not remaining in compliance with the ACA, COBRA, ERISA, um, HIPAA. But there's also in the state of New York, there's the sexual harassment policy. So they help you with all of these. And we can help, you and I can help businesses set these up if they don't have them. I think this is a good time to think about having a compliance. A lot of businesses want to handle this in-house. I have a lot of clients with several hundred employees and they're handling this in-house. And I just, I think right now that's a terrible idea. (laughs) I know even though you're handling it in-house and you have, let's say, HR professional handling the bulk of the work, they want to have outside professionals like yourself dealing with them and possibly guiding them through um, every situation when it comes to like on these big compliance because one hiccup, one um, touch of a button can be a big mistake and it can be a compliance issue where you're dealing with uh, government and corporate responses, which can take weeks to explain that it was just a mistake. And sometimes to eliminate so much aggravation, 
They can use you as an outside consultant to work with them, even though they have hundreds or thousands of employees, to possibly make sure that you manage the humans correctly. That's the idea of risk management. If there's exposure, there is risk. You basically tell them, um, here's the gaps of the risk. Here's the exposures. Let's make sure we do X, Y, and Z to eliminate all of these exposures to, to, to happen. And um, with basic knowledge and guidance, that can be eliminated. Isn't that correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, that wow. would be your goal. And, and I think this is a good time of year to do it, right? Because January 1 is coming soon. Um, everybody should be looking at their renewals. Um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the rates, but I do have some New York rate information. Definitely. Please please share that with us. Definitely. So, uh, you know, we basically have six carriers in the five boroughs. Um, so to give you an example of what those rates are going to look like, and these are these have not been issued yet by the carriers. So just to be clear, these are... These rates were approved by the Division of Insurance, but the carriers have to go back and to figure out now how do they, you know, how do they spread out the rate increase or decrease among the plans. So we don't know that part yet. We don't have plan specific rates and we won't have that until the end of September. Um, but we do know, for example, that Oxford has a 7.7% increase. So that's wow. you know, pretty much on national trend. You know, we average about 68% per year. So that's about right. But what I think is interesting is Aetna has a 10% decrease this year. So I think we could see Aetna getting more competitive. It levels it up. Levels yeah. it up. Yeah. So that would be a good time for us to shop, right? And especially, I think, you know, upstate New York or out of the boroughs, I think it would be, you know, a good time of year to look at all the carriers and including Aetna. It'll be interesting to see what the plans look like when they're filed. Definitely. And what causes, let's say, for Axford to go up and Aetna to go down? Is that a company decision or that's a world um, um, or, or statewide rate that they took a hit in terms of uh, the, the, the healthcare market is very regulated, government regulated. Like what's what's causing these up and downs versus carriers? I mean, it just goes off of claims, right? So the carriers, you know, Oxford has the majority of the business in the boroughs, so they're going to have the majority of the of the claims. Um, Aetna, I think, filed actually for, I believe they filed for a 15% uh, decrease, but the DOI only approved a 10%. So um, yeah, this is this is negotiated with the Division of Insurance and the carriers together. And when you say Division of Insurance, you mean on a, on, on a national, per uh, state, every DFS, Department of Financial Service from state, every commissioner, of the, the of the Department of Financial Services needs to approve it. So so let me explain for the audience. Basically, um, there's a DFS. You cannot let's say sell, do insurance, certain things, especially if you're a carrier. Even though you want to give something for a special rate, you cannot release that rate tomorrow. Like if you're selling shoes, and you want to run a sale for shoes for fifteen percent less or fifty percent up. They you can do that. But when you deal in the in the in financial industry, anything with fin finance and, and anything um, that's in this um, sector, you need to go through the Department of Financial Service, just like the stocks go through the SEC. It needs to be approved. So let's say if you want to sell tomorrow a certain rate on workers' comp or on health insurance or on auto or any type of insurance or financial product, it needs to be filed with the state. And over here, as far as we understand from summer, tell me if I got this correctly, the state is telling the carrier how much they want them to sell for. Well, the carriers, then, the carriers submit the, you know, what they, and then the, yeah, the DOI looks at the financials and approves it. Wow. So it needs to fit according to their financials, but also at the same time, the carrier needs to work with their actuaries to make sure that the rates 
and the numbers do make sense according to the way that we're going to give out um, codes um, for this upcoming terms and whatever they're changing their term sheets. Um, is now open enrollment like how does the enrollment process work and um, is now are we now approaching the time that's probably the best time of the year to plan ahead for the future? We are, uh, but one more thing I want to say on the rates is um, keep in mind that the Affordable Care Act regulates that 80% of your health insurance premiums go to pay claims. So they, the carriers only have 20% of that for all other costs. So I just wanted to point that out too. That that comes into how we figure out rates for the carriers. Um, yes, this is open enrollment. Um, in most states, it's you know between 50 and 75% of businesses have a January 1st uh, renewal date. So it's a busy time for people like us. <laughs> it's the 16-hour workday. Um, but you know, this is when you want to start. <laughs> this is when you want to start getting a census together, right? Of exactly. all of your employees and their dependents, and you want working with your broker and getting quotes. Wow! Wow! That's really interesting. Um, is it a um, simple way to gather the data, let's say, through the payroll companies? Let's say if you're a payroll company, they anyways have majority of the data versus everyone's personal information, everyone's um, date of birth, dependents. It's very easy for an employer, let's say, to say, hey, Summer, meet our payroll provider. Um, I'm authorizing them to release data. These are confidential data. You um, um, have systems and software is probably in place to um, secure those data. But let's say once it's released, it's a very smooth um, system where you can gather the information versus sometimes complex insurance. You need to gather so much files, so much information from so many parties. Over here, you have like a one-stop shop where you can get your data together and you can analyze the overall operations and come back with uh, with analytics. Well, I'm not saying, of course, there's always back and forth, but I mean to say, let's say 80% or 70% of the data, the bulk of the data that's that's tough to get by certain, we, we deal together on PNC, we see sometimes you need to get loss from so five different carriers, five different years, so much information that um, loss control needs to answer, different departments of the company needs to answer. Isn't this more smoother in terms of gathering the data? It is. I mean, the thing that you want to do, though, is to be sure that, you know, you know that all the all of the dependents, right? So it's you need to have the birthdays for all the employees' children and spouses. Um, so that's usually the most difficult. And some employees might want to make a change, right? Maybe last year, especially now with COVID, I mean, it's possible that the spouse was working and had benefits for the children, but now they don't. So you're probably this year going to see a lot of census changes. And uh, so I think it'll. I think this year it'll take a little bit longer to work on a renewal. But this is where your broker helps you, right? Exactly, exactly. You, you you had a good summer season, I believe, to refresh your energy, to rejuvenate, to accommodate all the compliance and all the new stuff that's happening um, in terms of the health insurance marketplace and the whole industry and all these additional compliance and nitty-gritty stuff that we need to be on the lookout to make sure that these companies have. And that's why we're raising awareness to make sure that everybody's in the know to reach out to professionals like Summer and her team and um, as well, our team, how much we put in to be on the lookout for all these extra stuff, people not busy with SBA and other stuff, and you need to comply all the time. There's so much more compliance. I would say the idea of compliance, the amount of compliance, being busy for average business went up 10% 
on or even more from before uh, from in, in 2020 now to 2021 so many things adjusted um let's now what is your message for the business owners and why is it so important to have corporate compliance for a company penalties right <laughs> it's a waste of money and it's preventable and it's inexpensive to prevent it so um you know I, if you have a good broker you probably already have a good compliance package but if not then it's time to change i that. always I always say so many people are so good in their trade, let's say a contractor, so many people are, have a passion to what they're doing in terms of doing great in business, production, retail, wholesale, manufacturing. But I always say you got to focus what you do best while we will do what we do best. So, so many of these companies, I see the way they're structuring, they come without any knowledge and they don't speak or refer to professionals to get things done. They end up paying huge penalties because they weren't in the know. So that point that you're saying is so important that, listen, if you don't know, you don't need to know. Just get people that do know and, and let them do what they do best. Automatically, you can eliminate so much problems, pressure and headaches and aggravations and a waste of money of paying penalties after the fact. And the answer, I didn't know, doesn't work. <laughs> the, the government says you, you're hiring people, you, you, you're responsible, you're an employer, deal with human. I believe, I, I said it, I think, in another episode that human, human resources, the idea of having humans in your shop, humans in your business, it's probably the biggest liability of any company. It's probably the biggest headache, finding the right people and then retaining them properly and having them dealt right with them, not messing up. It's probably the biggest liability, the places where people can go very wrong. I always say also in terms of attitude and, and, and finding the right people, the right staff it, it can change an organization, can make it, a company only as good as its people and vice versa. We have the, the other way around. It can really destroy a company. And uh, sometimes when you're dealing with some of these destroyers and you don't have the right compliance in place, that's where they get the big attorneys of all and sue you like crazy when you were just innocent. So uh, I, we understand you're all innocent. That's why we're trying to raise awareness and make sure that you have the best professional place for everything, for your accounting needs, for your insurance needs, for your risk management needs. You focus what you do best. Don't do anything else that distracts you and don't think you know everything. Because I always say, I don't know everything. I hire the right people and get out of their way. Let them do what they do best. Um, in terms of cost, um, what does that cost average for a company in terms of setting up the, the this, this setup? So it varies, but I have a plan available in New York that's $1,200 a year. That yeah, you mentioned earlier. Correct. So this handles, what does that $1,200 package basically cover? So that's going to cover the all of the COBRA notifications. So anytime you terminate an employee, a notification needs to go out to them. Um, right now, the notification needs to, you know, state that they're going to be responsible for the premiums. It's not going to be subsidized any, any longer. Um, ERISA compliance, HIPAA compliance, just all of those things. ACA compliance and reporting. Wow. So you're like a virtual HR manager or a virtual consultant or independent consultant for the HRs in-house. Who's done? Who's done? I don't do it. <laughs> I just set them up with a company who specializes in that. And another yeah. thing I in compliance to bring up is, you know, you mentioned it's right now having a good CPA is important. And that is very true with the subsidies. You really need a good CPA. I think it's also important right now to have a good HR um, attorney, right? Like I, I think a lot of businesses don't think about 
the need for an attorney until they have a problem. But and a good HR attorney is going to go in and set up a good handbook for your employees. They're going to have all, all of this in place for you. So I think this is a good time of year to also think about that. Definitely. We have an in-house counsel, but before we had that, we we technically had people on standby, which they weren't working full time, but we have them a contract on retainer basically to ask questions. And if you're the middle-sized company or a smaller company looking to grow, partnering with an attorney, having an attorney that you can call in a time of need or in when you're dealing with, the, let's say, a termination or certain legal question, you deal in the first place the right way, you simply have a little guidance of a couple of minutes and you right away drive it in the right direction rather than shifting it in the wrong, in the wrong direction. And um, it's simply a little guidance, a little legal help, because I always say the law and the logic are differently. So some, some, so many business owners, they think logically, but... I understand. I understand your logic, but the law is still different than the logic. So doing it by law, lawfully right, is is very important versus logically being, uh, oh, I did so because practically it made sense. And I wanted to be, let's say, a nice guy and doing it the right way. You're, you're still a nice guy, but you're still not within the compliance of the law. So it's very important to have professionals, third-party professionals, professionals to refer to. Um, what the most when you're saying the $1,200 package, what are your main carriers, providers you partner with to, to get these uh, packages out for the for the for the general population? So I mean, it's it's specific to the type of company, right? It's sort of like you know insurance on the PNC side. It's really going to vary based on the on the type of company, the type Got of. It. Got it. So average, average twelve hundred dollars means say that's the average cost, the base cost to start a plan. I got it. I totally understand. Um, I don't know if you know, but what does Cobra stand for? Like, who made up that name? What does Cobra stand for? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a type of snake, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want the law or, but I mean, it's, you know, essentially it's, it's just a bill for health insurance continuation. Got it. Got it. And they put it into Cobra. Like they made it very spooky with that name, like very, uh, it looks like a little villain, the Cobra problem, you know, we got to get rid of them. I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just kidding. Um, a lot of these names, people don't know exactly what it is. HIPAA compliance, people are very very um, um, aware. But the ERISA that you mentioned, what is that a little bit more like? Um, what does that stand for? So this is this is compliance that larger companies are going to know about. You know, on the ERISA compliance. Um, I mean, I don't want to go too much into the type of compliance because again, this is also very specific to the company. Um, the ACA compliance is a little bit easier to discuss. Um, every company has to do certain notifications through the ACA, uh, the Affordable Care Act reporting. So, um, but yeah, I think beyond beyond just compliance, I think you know there are other things that should you know be set up. Make sure that your pre-tax for your employees is set up right. They're all they're all different parts of the employee benefits package. So, I mean, the compliance is a big piece of it right now for this week, but I think right now is the time to look at the entire package. Exactly. The overall picture and plan ahead. That's the idea. You haven't get involved with OSHA on your side of the business? 
no. non-evolution in the Eurozone. One, one yeah, thing we do. I think one thing that, you know, businesses with 100 or more employees in New York are eligible for level funded plans. Um, in other states, oh. like Colorado, I can do these for businesses with only 10 employees. Um, I really like these plans. This is where the, they're too complicated really to get into. I don't know how much you know about partially self-funded plans, um, but these are very- short, like a captive. Like yeah. a self-insured group, like a self-insured group. Let's keep it on that, like so that type of concept. When somebody's spending so much money year after year and they don't see as much as return, they don't see using it as much, it pays for them to do like a self-insured captive. So they, they, they do or a high retention or, or, or high deductible, stuff like that. So we're seeing plans like this in, in various states. Uh, you know, so in Colorado, we can go down to 10 employees on these and they're, they're basically, they they look like those plans, you know, you get a refund back at the end of the year. If your claims run well, they're medically underwritten where you know that a, a small group plan is traditional. Like dividends, like you get back dividends. Yeah, uh, just unpaid claim, the money from the unpaid claims bucket. But um, these plans are what you and I are doing a lot of in the cannabis world right now, um, but they apply to all different types of businesses. And so, you know, as we go into New Jersey, for example, um, in other states, I think this is, you know, and, and in New York groups with more than 100 employees, I think this is where we should be focused on quoting. Wow, wow, that's awesome. And um, you mentioned cannabis. I want to let the audience know that, um, yes, we're running short on the clock and we, and, we, and we discovered so much and discussed so much about just the tip of the iceberg, I say, from all these compliance. But today was focused on COBRA, which is COBRA subsidies and compliance is running out now the next uh, well, September and it's very important to be on top of it and take care of it to avoid aggravation. We want to make you aware you're running a successful smooth operations. Please make sure to work with professionals like Summer and the risk management groups like us, like all of us, that we are here to provide and make sure that you accommodate, that we accommodate your growth and so many companies, um, people in the world of finance, insurance, um, professionals, are not aware and are constantly up to date with the market. A lot of companies that are like set back, they're still stuck in the 1980s, they're not up to date with every little detail. Like I always talk about certain new risks that we're facing in this era and this decade and like certain things speeded up so much because COVID and it, we, we like got advanced with a decade of stuff, stuff that was supposed to be released in a few years from now, technology companies released further because virtual employment, Google gave the updates, everyone gave updates. So things moved a lot faster. There's so much more to catch up. Same thing, cyber liability went up a few hundred percent. There's so many things happening. That's the idea that we want to cover. So what I wanted to say is in the upcoming episodes, um, we want to squeeze in another slot that's very exciting to discuss, and I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to that episode. Um, um, we at Skyscraper Insurance, we do a lot of work together with Summer in Colorado on cannabis, CBD, growing plants, and it's a very exciting industry to discuss. There's so much details that the rest of the world probably does not know what um, growing plants and certain um, um, for recreational use or whatever the, 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 the plant is used or whatever products they're selling, what they need to go through in order to establish themselves and walk the fine line, like I say, where federal and state shouldn't crash into each other because sometimes you have things that are legal by state but not by federal. It's very, very interesting about the payroll, how it works, how you need to have private banks. It's a very, very interesting um, conversation. And Summer, you'll make time for us 
after this busy season of the old enrollments and setting everyone up, we're going to get onto a podcast and, and share with everyone the work we have done for a lot of these plants and the work that we shall continue to do for all of you guys and so many other states are making it legal right, right now. So it's, it's more happening and we're consistently following and monitoring the news and the laws and the compliance and the guidance to be able to provide a solid, rock solid service for their clients. And, and I can tell wholeheartedly, um, I've dealt with summer. Um, we had a lot of clients that were struggling with their health insurance setup. It's a painful topic in generally in this country. And summer came in and made that a breath of fresh air. Um, before we sign off, summer, what is it the biggest challenge now in healthcare? And why are so many people they don't know what to do? Why is why is there so much pain in your opinion and there's not much brokers or companies that have the resources that you have to help people, especially in the younger generation. It's most of the health insurance shops, there's no new ones coming out because it's almost impossible to, to, to survive over there. Like it's so hard, so much to know, so much compliance to be on top of. What is that you can share about the overall healthcare market? Yeah, I mean health insurance. Healthcare can be, we do a lot of medical facilities like uh, nursing homes, drug rehabs, um, urgent cares, doctors, malpractice, that's the healthcare, but um, more the health insurance side. So you're saying what is the biggest challenge for business owners right now? Yeah, well, where do you see the most pain and why is it so painful for business owners? And even, quite frankly, you don't see much young uh, brokers opening up new shops. It's more, you're, you're probably the best adjusted with the new culture and the old ones. You, you like you take care from everyone. Yeah, I mean, I was raised in the industry, right? So um, I don't know if I told you, but I recently hired an agent. Um, but you know, yes. it takes several years to train someone. It is so. Yeah, the average insurance agent, health broker, I think, is like sixty-four now. Um, it's it's partially just it's difficult to learn this industry, and it's especially difficult to learn the employer side, right? There's a lot of risk on our side. You know, we're we have risks to keep them in compliance. And so um, I think that's why, yeah, why you don't see a lot of people in the group health market. Um, I think the biggest challenge right now for employers is just rates, right? It's every year, it's rates. Medical costs Very are expensive. out of control in this country, honestly. And, you know, there are some states are taking action on that. Colorado's going for a 20% decrease over five years. I would, you know, every state is handling it differently. Um, I don't know what changes we're going to see as far as rates go, but you know, I think just having a broker and shopping the plans and making sure that you have the best value. I mean, you know, some of these groups, they may have a broker who hasn't shopped their renewal in 10 years and they're paying 40% more, you know, and when you're talking about a $50,000 or $100,000 a month bill, <laughs> that's a lot of money, right? Yeah, that's a, it is a lot of money. And also you, 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 some of these plans don't even give as much value as, as they pay for just because they must, they're forced to have a plan. And what, if you're always paying for something, why not have a plan that will at least take care of you and your people when they need? Absolutely. Definitely. Thank you so much, Tamar, for joining us. Thank you for all the way from Florida, from the Sunshine State. She's working with our Florida group closely, with our New York group closely. We're working in Colorado together um, on the PNC side, on the property casualty side, and on the healthcare side. Um, 
and New we'll Jersey. Make sure to, definitely <laughs> New Jersey. We're licensed in compliance here in Skyscraper all across the United States. And Summer joins us whenever she needs us to get licensed in compliance in that state. She's doing a lot of states already. She's helping so many individuals and companies. She does it with passion, with a smile. And um, it's great working with you. Thank you so much for giving us this time um, of, of your day. I know how important, um, especially um, now in this time of the year. And um, this has been Time with the Risk Taker. And guys, thank you so much for all the audience for listening in. And we can't wait to connect even more in the future. And like I said, this cannabis episode is coming because it's a lot of exciting stuff. We just rushed to do this one because we were heading on a deadline and we wanted the public and people to know about this to avoid aggravation. So we'll make sure when we publish this to tag Summer and their information so you can reach out, get yourself knowledgeable, educated, or have the people in your company that need to know that they should know and get themselves knowledgeable, educated, or your third-party professionals or send your account to talk to Summer or anybody who needs to be, but somebody should represent you to make sure you're properly represented, reviewed, and analyzed to make sure there's no outstanding risk so you can focus doing your business what you do with a brighter future like we at Skyscraper Insurance Services share your vision for a better tomorrow. Thank you all and have a wonderful rest of your day and the most successful, exciting week ahead of you.